Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood Instant Analysis after the Ravens 19-17 win over the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday Night Football. Banks, you just described it about a split second before we got on here as a heart attack game. The Ravens go up 10-0, blow the lead, go down in the fourth quarter, and then Lamar Jackson leads the Ravens to set up a Justin Tucker field goal to win the game. Um, not the most exciting of offensive explosions from two teams that are, you know, marketed as very offensive minded teams. The Ravens defense rebounds from some brutal performances against the Spangles teams last year to only give up 17 points, um, which was very, very nice to see only gave up 291 total yards. Very nice to see and didn't allow Jamar chase to catch, you know, 25 balls for 550 yards and hundred touchdowns. So that was very nice to see Lamar Jackson does enough. We will get into what he didn't do as well during this podcast. Obviously here with banks, RDT banks, you were not at the bank tonight. You, you watch it from the banks cave on Hulu on a 52nd delay. Uh, your thoughts on the game tonight. Like I said, I, I literally needed to exhale and just say heart attack game before we hit record here. Cause I like, I'm still like trying to catch my breath and slow my heart rate a little bit. It's been so long since we've won a close game. I forgot what it was like to do that. It's just like, we got out of that one. Like, yeah. And not be just miserable that we lost. Um, interesting. And, that it was a defensive struggle and that we came out on the right side of it. I think that's an encouraging sign. I think this is going to help the statistics a good amount. Uh, let's see, Joe Burrow threw for 217 yards. That's hell of a job. Um, I guess technically the team statistic is 190 because they backed the sacks out of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought that this was all going to be about Harbaugh and not going for it on that fourth and one up three. I mean, making a one-score game into a one-score game, I feel like the analytics are very clear on the fact that you should be going for it. And for the first time in his entire tenure here in Baltimore, I feel like John Harbaugh blinked, and it felt like we were going to pay for it. Just because I knew in my heart of hearts that that was the wrong decision at the time, it appears to pay off because of the result here. Um, We'll never know if we would have gotten it. Odds are we would have gotten it, but the football gods seem to want to spit in our face every time we do go for it in that situation and do the right thing. So, um, man, I'm just relieved that we got out of this. I mean, words can't describe how big a win this is. It kind of sets the table for the rest of the year. This puts us in control and instead of in chase mode. The Bengals are in chase mode here as the Ravens kind of have a little bit of an easier slate in the next handful of games. I mean, the Giants, I guess we can't look past them for what they've accomplished early this year, but, um, man, I'm still, I mean, my mind's racing. I just, what a game, um, should have been over early kind of, but no games over with the Ravens. So thank God we didn't go up three scores. Um, I'm sure a lot of people were saying I'm fucking rambling. Anybody want to jump in with something here? I mean, be my guest. I mean, I, I, I told Taylor and I think you, before we started recording, I think, that, I mean, this game, it just, it kind of lacked the juice that I think we anticipated it would. Um, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it, I think it was the, it was a good game, but it was just kind of like no big plays, which again is probably better for you, you know, for the Ravens, like no big plays, no big explosive plays. Um, just, I mean, it was just a good hard fought clean game for the most part. 
again, I mean, low scoring. Uh, I don't think I don't think anyone really thought that. I think we all guessed in the mid 30s, high 30s for points for the Ravens. Like we were, you know, 35, 33, 31, stuff like that. Um, yeah, again, I mean, I didn't think Lamar looked great. I didn't think Burrow looked great. I didn't think I, I thought Andrews was really the only one who you're like, that guy is really, really good right now. Like he's awesome. Um, everyone else was kind of just like, yeah, they're kind of just there going through the motions. Um, like I told you guys too, I mean, I, I assumed the second that Burrow scored, it's like, all right, well, what do they have? Two minutes, less a minute, 50 and three touchdowns. This game's over. Like all they got to do is get it to the 50. Tucker's going to kick it and the Ravens are going to win. Like I thought it was as easy as that. Obviously you guys are, have a little more rooting interest in it than I do. Um, and hence why your heart's beating and racing and stuff like that. But yeah, I just I you know, it's, I mean it's a good win, like you said. It, it puts them in in a good position. They're 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 the leaders now, and the rest of the division I think stinks. It's 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 very clear that it's going to be these two, you know, in a dogfight for the rest of the season. Pittsburgh is yeah. awful. The the Browns are awful. So it's a big one. They for play them. in Week 18. Week yeah, 18 we, is the game in Cincinnati, which is which is awesome to some degree, but also because we have not the game in hand per se, but like we've guaranteed at least a push on the head to head. Like there's a chance that we will have closed it out mm-hmm. before that game. And so and that's a possibility, I guess. But um, yeah, it just to, to your point about, yeah, I guess you could say it felt like they were going to go down the field and get the field goal. Cause JT is just such a weapon like that, but we've seen it countless um, times. It's just, I've seen it countless times, but it's been a while. And it's more so that, Every single time the Ravens have had, you know, game-altering decisions or things just come down to a play or two, like, we just haven't gotten that play in a long time. Mm-hmm. So we're just just a little bit jaded at this point. I mean, everything the football guys seem to have spat in our face every single time we make a decision. I mean, you think about the Rams game last year, the Steelers game late in the year. Packers, uh, Packers two-point conversion attempts. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, how we handled the Bills game last week. It's just, yeah. They've just been kicking us when we've been down. It's just good to finally punch back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about offensively, um, including the fact that, you know, Lamar Jackson missed on a couple balls, on um, deep balls in this game that, you know, maybe could have made this a little bit more of a, of a secure win earlier in the football game. Um, he also led a pretty routine game winning drive. Um, so you can't take that away from either where it was essentially all him. It was essentially either a Lamar Jackson pass or a Lamar Jackson run outside of a little Kenyon Drake. I think you have to talk about this game from the defensive side of it though. I mean, the Bengals dominated the Ravens offensively last year, offense against defense. And it is not as if the Ravens had shown any improvement um, in the secondary um, to a certain extent, despite the fact that, you know, they have all of these names now in there. Um, they had, you know, were, you know, one of the worst defenses in the league and, and had not been able to really stop anybody, especially in comebacks. Um, you know, the Dolphins won um, coming to mind specifically. Uh, but Joe Burrow, you know, averaged uh, 6.2 yards of completion, completed 24 passes for, excuse me, completed 24 of 35 passes for 217 yards. Their long pass for the night. Do you guys remember what it was? Which team? The Bengals. I want to say they hit one for about 25 across the middle late in the first half. It was that dude, Thomas. 
Mike Thomas, 33 yeah. yards that we got pushed out of bounds. Like I mean, the they kept of the year or something. They said they did a fantastic job tonight, keeping this Bengals team from getting over the top on them. And without that, you know, it goes back to your point, RDT, about this not being that exciting of a game. I think if you were coming in, you would have thought as a neutral, and obviously you're a neutral here, that the Bengals would have hit on, you know, two or three pretty big plays. Um, and they really didn't do that throughout the entirety of the game. And that's what killed the Ravens against them last year. So just from that perspective, you know, if you had come in and told me that Hayden Hurst would lead the Bengals in receiving tonight, I would have said that's a Ravens win 100 out of 100 times because that's exactly the guy that I'm sure they wanted to funnel the ball to. They're trying to keep the ball away from Jamar Chase. And you have to give Marlon Humphrey a lot of credit. Did a really nice job tonight. Marcus Peters did a really nice job tonight. You know, everyone's you know, malign some of the guys in the, in the, you know, some of the young guys in the secondary um, and they had some penalties tonight, but you look at these stats and Joe Burrow was not able to get anything going. Joe Mixon got a little bit going in the running game, but that's a pick your poison situation. I think the Ravens would love it, love having Joe Burrow or Mixon run 14 times for 78 yards. Um, the worst part coming out of the game is Marcus Williams broke his wrist is what that, you know, is just come Ooh, through the wire here. So he's, he's going to be yeah. out for a significant amount of time, according to John Harbaugh. So that is not great. Um, but you hold on to Chuck Clark. Why you hold on Chuck Clark and Geno Stone, you know, played well in his time in the game. And now it's time for Kyle Hamilton to step up as well. So they have a little bit of depth back there. Um, obviously Williams had played great um so far this season, but I think that's really the story of the game. Like we can break down Lamar, you can, you know, start to talk some of the offensive things. Um, you know, obviously not having Bateman was a big deal. I thought that, you know, besides Devin Duvernay, none of the other Ravens receivers stepped up at all. Um, on the outside and really did anything tonight. Um, and Lamar wasn't on his A game for sure from a passing perspective, but credit to this Ravens defense, got home a couple times, um, got really, you know, nice penetration, swarmed the ball early in the game um, when it felt like they really dominated the first quarter defensively. Um, that was really encouraging and ultimately giving up 17 points to a Bengals team that hangs their hat, um, or at least last year hung their hat against the Ravens on just straight up outscoring them. Um that's a really, really nice night for this defense. Um, and Mike McDonald, who's, you know, taken a lot of heat over the past couple of weeks. They did outscore them. They did outscore them two times last year. They scored more points than the Ravens. It was, well, it was by, a bad time. By, by a lot, by a lot, yeah, by a lot. It was by a lot. It yeah. was by a lot. Yeah. Uh, Lamar, man, the first, the, well, it was the only pick. It felt like he threw more than one pick because the misses were just so shocking and just like, oh, missed opportunities i don't think i've ever seen him have a clean pocket and have an open receiver and just you know reach back fire and just miss a receiver like that when he has time and space and and he's comfortable in the pocket he doesn't typically just like miss throws for interceptions he'll throw balls right to linebackers when he does just doesn't see them in coverage or or just you know makes a bad decision or he'll throw a pick when he's on his back foot or he's pressured or he's trying to make something happen. He's trying to force a play, but that was an intercept, the type of interception that you see, you know, a rookie cutting his teeth who has a strong arm and everybody's raving about him out of the draft. Cause he's got a rocket. It's a Kyle bowler throw. It's a bowler throw. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that it. was a, that was a bad ball, a bad ball. Like I, it yeah. came out of his hands and it flew. I was like, that's just a bad ball. Like he was just on a terrible t- throw. I mean, he missed and then the, t- the Tyler Wallace throw was another awful throw, just an awful yeah. throw. All he needed to do is get that somewhere in the vicinity. Just anywhere floated. close. Just, just put some air it's under it. He's just a little revved up. I think he just, just 
he was on tilt and uh he didn't look that great early in the second half either um and we, we were just in great field position because Patrick Queen came up with that another baffling throw by Joe Burrow there just right at number six kudos to Patrick Queen for actually catching something this week um by the way, between but, him and then, uh, you know, Maryland has a, a corner that if you're not familiar, Ravens fans named Jacorian Bennett, who continues to get in good positions and just drop interceptions. He also had an interception this week. So really good day for people that aren't able to catch yeah. a really good weekend for that so, locally. But JT making the 58 yarder early in the second half, I feel like that just settled Lamar down and settled everybody down. Like, hey, like JT's making 58 yarders. Like, we're doing our thing. Everybody just do your job. Keep your heads down. Relax. Play your game. And that's, I mean, more or less what we did. So, um, it was nice, like, on the on the final dra- drive, we get the ball back with, like, a minute 58 or whatever it was. We had 159 because they, they made it. There that have point. been similar scenarios, and this was something that bugged me. And I, and I hate to go back to this dark time, but the Titans' playoff loss – we went down by a handful of scores, and Greg Roman tried to throw us back into the game when we had so much success throughout the year running the football. And even as the clock, like, you know, the, the, the game started to get late, like he consistently just wanted to throw. And I've seen that in other two-minute situations. With Lamar, when you give him the ability to just kind of just go out there and just fully unleash him, like that's an effective two-minute offense. It's just have Lamar just run. And we, especially when you have three timeouts. And that's that was the majority of the drive there. I mean, they had a big chunk play there for 20 yards that, that kind of got us on the, the fringes of field goal territory, and we just took it from there. But, um, yeah, I mean, he he dumped a couple down to Mark Andrews and, and maybe made one other throw, but that was the two-minute drive. It was Lamar just being Lamar, just let him go out and win games. Don't try to, like, force him into being something he's not. Don't try to, like – pigeonhole him into the two minute offense. Like he just let him do his thing. And that's exactly what, you know, got us into, into Tucker range and the rest is history from there. Yeah. Lamar did a nice job, you know, picking his way through on that, you know, long run on the final drive. Um, But you brought it up and I, it's probably taken us too long to get to him. And, And there's, it's hard. It's hard to continue to put this in different ways. I mean, Justin Tucker is simply incredible. I mean, what this guy does year in and year out is totally different than everybody else at this position. I mean, it's just, it it, give, it gives you, as you said, it gives you the ability to kind of calm the rest of the team down when you can send a guy out for a 58-yard field goal, and it just feels like it's going in every time. It, you know, I, there was just no, obviously no doubt he wasn't going to make that final kick. It was clearly going to go in. He there's some ridiculous next gen stat me and RDT we're talking about where he hit it like directly in the center. And if it was like if the goalposts were like a foot wide, half, he would have made half it. Half a yard long. If they were half, half a yard, yard long, wide, he would have made, made it. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, this guy, I can't wait for this guy's Hall of Fame induction. It's going to be awesome. It really is. I mean, we've talked about that for a while, but he's no doubt going to be a Hall of Famer. And it's going to be one of the great, it's going to be such a good speech. It's going to be such a good speech. And he deserves every bit of it. He's amazing. He's the best kicker in the history of the game. And it's awesome that he's a Baltimore Raven. It really is just cool. And I'm glad that he got interviewed after the game. It was just fun. It was nice. How about them? Did you listen to that? Yes, I did. 
how about um Mike and, and Collinsworth kind of saying, oh well, he missed oh they're you know they're on the left hash, and that's where we saw him miss six in pregame. Yeah, like, get out of here, Tariko. Get out of here, Tariko. Get out of here. It was like, are you gonna say like it was six in a row? Is it six, you know, or like they just straight up dropped that out there? Can I say something about Collinsworth, who I, I do like? I think that people get all over him, but I do like him. He, it's so weird. So they have that entire. So let's get this will be a good sort of segue into this, too. So John Harbaugh, you know, the whole entire narrative from the Bills is go for it. Don't go for it. He goes for it. They don't get it. The Ravens lose tonight. As Banks said, you know, he blinks, whatever, however you want to say it. He kicks the Ravens, give up a touchdown. They have to come back down and win. But theoretically made the wrong decision again. Should try to go for it, get seven. And then, you know, the Bengals have to play the game differently. Collinsworth, like. I saw someone tweet this and I can't remember what it was. Collinsworth owns PFF. Like mm-hmm. he owns the company that one of the, co- you know, there's like football outsiders and some of these like sites where you can do a lot of analytics, but like PFF is the most outwardly, you know, the way they grade things and all of these different things is a, like an analytical football website. And Collinsworth is like, ah, you know, the analytics, you know, <laughs> you, 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 it's just, you, you know, all the people in the background aren't the ones that have to go to the press conference. And what do you do? Do you go for it? Do you not? And ultimately, you know, it's it. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's like either defend analytics, Chris, or with your site that you own that they use on the broadcast that they they're, they're, obviously they're using Amazon next gen stats, all the broadcasts do, but they use the PFF rankings in the starting lineups every single game. So mm-hmm. it's like that has a presence. Be like, yeah, I mean, this is something that's really interesting, and and I I think this is he sort of said he's like this is the way football's going. There's an old school, but he's like sitting on the fence. Like, come on, Chris, like give us something we haven't heard of. Give us something a PFF thing that they've looked up, and like this is what you sh- this is what you have to do. Take a stand, take a stand, Chris Collinsworth. It just it just was like, I don't, why are we being mealy mouth? Like this is this is like a huge part of football now. It's like general fans rebelling or not rebelling or accepting or not accepting analytics. And this is the same. It's the same as baseball. It's the baseball's inability to talk about this transparency for a while was also stupid. Football is kind of entering the same way where they just don't know how to approach this. Like this is sports now. Like fans are going to understand it. Like it's okay. If you're, if you're going to put up throat completion, probability, Amazon next gen stats on the two Lamar, like talk deeply and like show a graphic of like what last week's decision looked like before Harbaugh's got to make the same decision, they should have that ready to go. Like, I, I don't understand why, I, if you're going to mention it as a huge shocking point and play the whole, like, here's six Baltimore radio callers, like getting upset <laughs> about the decision, which they did, which was funny. I'm glad they did that. That was like a good thing for them to do after they do that. And maybe they did. And I just was not paying attention. Like come up and be like, Hey, this is where, this is like where, Hey, I'm Chris Collinsworth. I own an analytics website. This is where I think they got them from. John Harbaugh made the right decisions. I don't care what you call or say you idiots don't, you know, whatever. I just from Dundalk calling Donnie from Dundalk. Yeah. Like, like Sally from Salisbury. Like, I I don't care what you have to say. Like this is the right decision every single time. Um, So I thought they missed, I thought they missed a cool opportunity on the, you know, the most watched game of the week to like, really dive more into an analytics conversation other than like, ah, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Like, of course you are. That's every decision you make in a football game. Like, but give me some percentages. Give me some, you know, SNF has always done a good job of kind of getting ahead on some stuff. And I thought, you know, instead of giving me some dopey, you know, broken car thing for the Bengals offensive line, like show me a little analytics on the, on the stupid graphic of the week. Like, come on. So 
That was my what when they were when Collinsworth was talking about that. I thought Collinsworth was going to give a very like, you know, this is passionate, he, like very passionate, like you know, this is what John Harbaugh's got to do. The Ravens have been on the cutting edge of this. They play aggressively. Yes, there's a time and a place for you know, like don't be Zach Taylor and run the Philly special and then run a shovel pass. <laughs> your team doesn't know how to execute. Like that's just your own fucking fault. But I didn't hate his decision to go for it. He just ran two really bad plays. <laughs> but it, it's interesting. It's just interesting. And then like. Cause then it's it's the whole discussion on Twitter. Like Bill Simmons is is coming out and being like, everyone's a every coach is a dumbass. It's like, yes and no, but like, what are they seeing that you're not seeing? I that's you know, it's interesting time for football. And they know they they they're not going to do it on the post game show because they're going to send it to Tony Dungy and Chris Sims. They're like ah, blah, blah, blah. they don't even. It's just like I don't know. Disappoint a little bit of a disappointing broadcast from Sunday Night Football. How, how funny was it too when like the the Bengals were going for it and they're like oh look at zach taylor he's grabbing the play sheet yeah like, there he is <laughs> oh, there he is a mad R- scientist and they're River like get in the super bowl yeah get like, in the super bowl here comes the shovel either. pass <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they were like it was like it was like a breaking case of emergency like yeah. oh my god there it is the play sheet. collinsworth collins like ah oh, he's gotta have some two-point play must really like that they just and they did go to it definitely that's a two-point play they i mean they ran a play that was yeah. a two-point play for sure that thing did not I mean will collins it was special. a good they did get a good shot there of when they missed it. And Lowell Collins like didn't do the right thing of like Zach Taylor grabbing him on the sideline and just trying to run past him. That was a very good shot. Explain very what good. he did. Yeah, trying um, to explain what he did. This is and this is this will probably be a, a, a talking point during the week too. And I don't know what has come out since the end of the game, but the Ronnie Stanley situation, like the like was, would yep. play a series, it sit. But the way it wasn't like oh he's standing next to Harbaugh that just like. Sitting on the bench, like kind of, it looked like he was sulking when he wasn't in. Very weird. I don't know if he's getting pressure off the ankle or whatever. If that's the case, he probably shouldn't be playing. But like people were tweeting out the videos of him or pictures just of him when he wasn't in, sitting on the bench alone while everyone else is up, like on the, you know, which again, I maybe they just don't want him standing up there. But I, again, I'm sure Harbaugh will be asked about it and talk about it. But, you know, I mean, it was clear that they had him on a pitch count or just every other series kind of thing. So. What was weird to me about that is going back to the broadcast on TV, they obviously showed him the one time and Chirico said something like, you know, doesn't look like a guy that's playing the next series or whatever it was like sitting on the sidelines. You would have think and like, a, and maybe they just didn't want to show their hand to the commentators, but that's something normally like in a pregame in a, in a production call, Harbaugh goes like he's on a pitch count. We, we, he's not in shape to play the entire game. We're going to rotate McCary in there. We have other guys we can put on, put in there. We just want to get his feet wet. We're easing him back in. I, I thought that's immediately what they were going to say. And they're like, you know, we saw the trainer around them like five minutes ago, but the trainer's not around them anymore. It was like very bizarre that that information wasn't more relayed, but maybe they just didn't want to. But they did the sideline interview with, with Harbaugh, which was yeah. also an interesting thing, which I, I guess have they started to in, incorporate that this year in Sunday Night Football? In the quarter as opposed to right before the game? I guess so. Yeah. So I haven't it, watched it a lot of Sunday thinking, games, actually. Do, do they do like – on the way into the locker room at halftime interviews in the NFL. Like I'm starting, I was like second guessing myself. Is that strictly a college thing? Maybe it is. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I can't remember an NFL one doing. Obviously the famous ones are like Nick Saban. Like I ain't yeah. going to do it. What it's, uh, it's quit asking. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, ha- I can't, I can't recall them doing those, uh, you know, maybe, maybe those are done with. But yeah, because Taylor, I, so I was driving home from softball, got two wins tonight, not a big deal. 
Um, and same thing. I get in the car and they're like, oh, you know, first series, uh, Ryan Stanley was out there. And, you know, this series, he's on the bench. And Rod Woodson is like, that's bizarre. He's sitting by himself. Like they sounded like they were clueless. Like um, um, who was it? Sandusky and and um, Rod Woodson were like, oh, what? Like and they were like, he's not around a trainer. There's nobody around him. He's just sitting on the bench alone. So that's yeah. Like you said, that's something that is told in a production meeting. Like, hey, here's just be aware of this. Is it going to be a heads up? Like so. And again, I'm sure we'll find out more this week and then they'll talk about it. But, you know, I think I, I, I didn't watch enough of it to see it, see if he held his ground, you know, too much. I know they I mean, they only gave up what one sack. Ravens did, yeah. So, yeah, Ravens' offensive line played decent in this game. I thought the Bengals did too. Like that was obviously the story coming in. Like, oh, the Bengals' offensive line still sucks. Like, yeah, and, and there Ravens, some... Ravens got two sacks on them. There Ravens got pretty good pressure, early, bro. Yeah. Bad, they batted balls down on the one on the one drive in the second quarter. I believe they like the two well, consecutive even, ones. Even late, I think they they batted a bunch down. A couple of them, like early in the fourth, I think. Uh, Jason Pierre Paul, by the way, I think has is going to continue to grow into the team here. I've I've been impressed so far. He's been very good, very good. Um, I I counted four throwaways by Lamar. They especially early on, they were really mm-hmm. forcing him to the to the sideline and not giving him the corner and just forcing him to just throw balls away. Which I can't remember him ever having to do that multiple times. Like usually, he'll at least like get enough of, of you know around the corner where he can get a couple yards and get out of bounds or something but he I mean I think that that's part of the impact of losing Bateman like it's one less one less like safety valve and it's one less guy who the safeties deep are really going to respect where he can try to find somebody underneath and make something happen I think like he's just a little more resigned to not try to make a big play when he's got Tylen Wallace and uh, James Prochet out there getting a lot of snaps. I just think at this point, the Ravens have three receiving options right now on the outside. They have Mark Andrews, they have Rashad Bateman, and they have Devin Duvernay. I, at this point, nobody else, and I hope I'm proven wrong by one of these dudes, but they, they're, they're, everyone else is a pretty much a non-factor. I, I mean, I don't even think that's a hard charge in any of the other pass catchers on this team. They're really just a non-factor. And so the Ravens are going to have to make a decision whether they think that a healthy Bateman, Andrews, and Duvernay is good enough, and they're just going to hope that somebody else is going to emerge as an option. Um, Because we talked about in the preseason a ton about like, oh, man, now they've got Isaiah Likely. They're going to work the middle of the field a ton with the two tight ends. That has just not happened. Straight up has not happened. They have not exploited that a ton. Um with you know with with likely um you know Prochet and Wallace non-factors right now to Marcus Robinson pretty much non-factor right now. Devin Duvernay's awesome, awesome, awesome. And Mark Andrews, if you had told me he had 17 catches tonight, I probably would have said that was right. Uh eight on 10 targets, 89 yards, um, and a touchdown. And essentially in the second half, Greg Roman said, if we're gonna throw the ball, we're just gonna force it to Mark Andrews. We're not gonna do throw anything over the top because Lamar can't hit on anything tonight. And we're gonna think our way and think and dunk our way down the field with this guy. And he's the best tight end in the league. He's the best tight end in the league. That's just a fact, I think, at this point. Um for me, at least. I love Kelsey. Kelsey's awesome. I think that Mark has has taken the, the crown from him at least slightly right now. Yeah, I mean, he was really the only – we used Duvernay a ton in that first half, but he was just such a weapon out there. Like, any time it felt like, hey, third down, need something to happen. Hey, a lot of pressure. Hey, scramble around. Like, 
89, 89, 89, 89, 89, over and over and over. Like his touchdown. stats stand out from everyone else. That touchdown. That was the easiest play ever. Bro. He could not have been more <laughs> open. Like that was just a simple crossing pattern. It's like, oh, there he is right there. Like that was, yeah, he's, he's very, very good. Very good. And it seems like him and Lamar just really, really have like a good understanding of like where they're going to be, where he's going to be, where to throw it. Like they, they just seem to always be on the same page. You rarely ever see, you know, like, oh, he just overthrew him or like, oh, he's, you know, Andrew's cut this way and Lamar threw it this way. It's like, no, they're always just in line with each other. I'm trying to do some quick math on receptions here. Andrews, Bateman, and Duvernay have a combined bah, 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 37 receptions. The rest of the team, I think this is after tonight. I think they've updated the stats here. No, they haven't. So this was going into tonight. This, so this really hasn't changed. So just take this for what it is. Um, the other guys, everybody else on the team, or at least these other receivers have a combined, what other receivers tight ends of a kind, three, eight, 13. So, I mean, no, and James, they all got like one catch tonight. Like Isaiah, like they had one catch per had one catch. Yeah, catch like, Wallace had one catch. Likely had, Drake yes. had one. Likely yeah, so, had two. Prochet it's, Wallace. It's those three guys. So do the Ravens want to go out? I mean, I know there's just the Odell Beckham thing. It's going on every week now. Um, but do they, they might have to make a decision to go out and get another pass catcher. Cause I don't know if this current set of receivers, we had this thought come into the year. I don't know if this current set of receivers, can get the Ravens to the promised land, but you know, I say something that like, I can't imagine, couldn't imagine myself ever having said this before being this much on this side. I'm like all in on Odell Beckham all for it. I feel like there's so much potential for this offense on these slants. And I don't think anybody runs a better slant in football, or at least when he was at his peak. I was going to say, you got to factor in the age and the injury. These quick RPOs, these quick, like, just quick passes when these guys are showing blitz. Like, I think that there's so much potential that could be had with an Odell Beckham just beating guys inside and beating people up the middle. And I used to just be like, oh, that guy's just a fucking headache. But I'll take that headache right now. I was going to say, he doesn't even, I feel like he's kind of calmed down and like matured, it seems like. You know, like in LA, there was none of the the hijinks. They're also the best team in, you know, in football last year. But it's like you know, I, I don't I don't know I don't know if he's the same headache as he once was. Um, at least his dad's not making like YouTube compilations. He's doing that for DJ Moore now. Um, of like, hey, here's oh, all DJ time. My, Moore. My son, my son was open, mm-hmm. giving the ball. So DJ Moore's having a. That's another here. guy. I mean, hey, free DJ Moore. Ravens are usually good for a, for a midseason trade. You know, that's not a bad team to go attack some players from Robbie Anderson. I mean, they they stink. They are so bad. They're the, all, the, all the awful. Panthers. Awful. Uh, what do you got? What about Antonio Brown? <laughs> I'm just, I, that's that's. I was like, I don't think he's gonna go there, Banks. I was like, I don't think that's where we're headed. But I was like, maybe. maybe. No, uh, he he will not play another NFL game. No. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, maybe, they, and that's a, do they want to go all in? And I think they, I re, I'm sure, I'm speaking with no knowledge, I'm sure that they thought one of these guys of Robinson, Brochet, Tylen Wallace would figure it out and just become like that third wide receiver. And then you'd have four options or maybe likely they just, they're not, those guys are not there. And, 
you know, maybe you watch the, you know, all 22 and those guys are getting open. Lamar's missing them, but that just doesn't feel possible. <laughs> I think so, it's Demarcus Robinson over those other two. I would agree that Demarcus Robinson is definitely over those other two. Those uh, James Prochet played 10 offensive snaps coming into tonight. <laughs> He's a total non-factor offensively. Well, you, so you also got to figure, I mean, once, once they're really, I guess, confident in Dobbins, like he's got to get involved in the passing game. I mean, he he's a weapon in the passing game, and and it it feels like I either because again he only had eight, I mean he had eight carries, forty four yards. Like, get him the ball. I'm more. I'm frustrated not not just that he's not getting the ball more, but not even in. He's not getting the ball in high leverage situations. Mm-hmm. Like Kenyon Drake, line. why is he getting that first down carry late in the game? Why mm-hmm. does it seem like every time we 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 get past the 30 or the 25 in opponent's territory. It's somebody else getting a carry. Like Mike Davis got a red zone carry night. But what is that about? It's yeah. weird. I actually thought Kenyon Drake looked a little squirrely tonight. He after did. I, he did. After I destroyed him like three weeks ago, I thought he. <laughs> he, he was, but yeah, I agree. It's weird. The Dobbins, the Dobbins used to be more because even last week he was very used in the first half. And then almost faded away as they went into the second half. So maybe it's a pitch count situation for him a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we're just trying to gear up for a little JK first half, Gus Edwards second half. Yeah, I mean, the Gus bus is coming. The, the Gus bus is coming soon. The bus is, the bus is uh, getting all geared up. Uh, another thing that I just realized, we, we just went another week with like Nick Boyle. Just where where's Nick Boyle? You know, he's dressing. He's hardly playing any snaps. I haven't seen a snap count. Yeah, I was looking for a snap anywhere. count just now, but, but I haven't found one. Nick Boyle. I, I don't know what's up with that. You know, Isaiah likely was out there a good amount. He he, he threw – this time around, he threw some decent blocks out there, and he caught a couple balls. Um, But, yeah, Nick Boyle. I get – I don't – it doesn't feel like he's getting weaned back into the offense. He's just kind of on reserve or something. So if he's never going to ramp up here, then, you know, what are we doing? There you go. Do you want to hear this next-gen stat? Joe Burrow averaged the fewest air yards per attempt in a game in his career, four, and was blitzed at the lowest rate in a game in his career, 2.7%. Burrow did not complete his only deep attempt of the game. I mean, you have to give Mike McDonald credit. I mean, last year, all the Ravens did was play man against this team. They got burned over and over and over. They just sent blitzes to Joe Burrow. He just beat them over and over and over, and they went the completely opposite direction and kept the ball in front of them and won the game. Almost football is as simple as that. (laughs) Yeah. As simple as that. I I mean, that's tackling was better on those underneath plays. There were some periods of time where they were just getting – five yards past first contact, it seemingly, on every play. Um, but, yeah, I thought Marcus Peters played a really good game today. There were some moments that, you know, he he got in some tussling. He, you know, I mean, he had at least two flags, maybe three. But overall, I thought he played a really – Marcus Peters type of game. And he didn't get any takeaways or anything, but he was just very involved. He played high intensity. He – you know, he, he just looks like himself out there again, which is a really good sign to see. Yep. 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 And if those, and I, as you said, you know, as I said earlier, Humphrey was, was good um, in the game as well. And I thought that the, the Ravens secondary did a really nice job. 
Uh, Marcus yeah, Peters is yeah. just a fun. He's just a fun guy to watch play corner as well. Yeah. When he comes yeah, up. He's aggressive. Special attempt was that, so tough. A huge play in that game. Huge. Yeah. You, and you, it weird that they I, that they went really to kind of gimmicky plays. It's almost like they didn't trust what they were doing at that point. Like you're running a Philly special with Burrow, and it wasn't even close. It, Burrow, I mean, they the Ravens read that perfectly, um, and they so easily scored with you know got to the half yard line and scored with Burrow on the drive where they took control of the game. I thought Joe Mixon was running well. I don't know why they just didn't handle the balls. Kind of bizarre. You, you know what that play reminded me of too? Like the it's almost like what are you doing? Why would you even run that? Was the um when the the um the Browns tried something similar, like the Jarvis Landry wide receiver reverse, and he was going to throw last year. And I think OA stripped him. It's just like, what do you, why are you getting cute? Like, why are you, why, what are we trying to do here? And that, I mean, that's just the story of the Bengals. Like you don't, you don't have to be cute all the time. Like the chiefs do it way too much. And the Bengals are starting to like, what do you just don't, you don't need to get cute. I think. They yeah. Do. Um. So now the Ravens, Head to New York to play the rejuvenated New York football giants who won in London today. We will get to all of the preview for that game on the normal show this week. Um, that should be a very interesting game. I think going into the year when we were going through the schedule, that was one where it was like, okay, you get through this first stretch and then nice. You get the giants and Daniel Jones, but um, a rejuvenated Saquon Barkley, uh, Brian Dable seems to have, the Giants believing and Daniel Jones has been good enough so far. And they've um, they won a big game in London against the Packers. So uh, that will be a tough game in front of a MetLife Stadium that will probably be rocking. Um, this is, you know, the best vibes of the Giants in what? A half decade, probably. Please. So they are uh, they're Wink Martindale game. Yep. Very big Wink Martindale game. What does he what does he do? For, I imagine he's going to blitz Lamar Jackson constantly <laughs> next week. Um, probably. So we will, we will get to that. Any final thoughts about this one as we head into 1220 in the morning here? This cool. feels good to win one. Justin Tucker's God. Cool picture of uh, Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, and Mark Andrews on the Ravens' uh, Twitter account. Mm-hmm. T- captioned the three best, still the three best friends or something like that. That's always cool. It's very nice. Very nice. That's the only time we've seen Nick Boyle on the field all season. So it's good. To, it's good to see Good to see him get out in between the white lines. Um, by the way, Nelly performing and Ray Lewis being out there was the I'm, lock of the year. You could have put your life on that one. And the, the fact, I think that there was just, they were trying to hide that that was happening. Get out of here. That was so clearly going to happen. Whatever. Very I saw nice. Pe- people good for were Nelly. tweeting out like, what a surprise. And they were like serious. And I was like, he, you, you, you idiots, just idiots. Yeah, you're an idiot if you thought that was a surprise. I'm sorry. If you're a listener and you thought that that was like a shocking thing that Ray Lewis is going to show up, you're just not paying attention. What can I say? Nothing gets the bank fired up like Ray Lewis in a sport coat and jeans. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Just the, oh, full my. injection. Full oh. injection. Full injection. <laughs> full injection. Uh, I can't wait till Ray's doing the scroll dance at like 70 as Nelly trots out there. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. That's good. I can't wait for that. Be at a laps at electric factory. Uh, any other notables in the bank tonight? Uh, Kelsey Plum, uh, WNBA champion. <laughs> they Ooh. tweeted a photo of a second straight week of very random people that <laughs> her this week and the bachelor guys last week, two very random celebrity settings at the Ravens games. You're a big Kelsey Plum guy. Big Kelsey Plum guy. Wow. I think we've talked about it pre podcast before. Like, 
in our famous pre-pod uh, talks. Yes. I yeah. think, yeah, she's, yes. There, whew, there you absolutely have it. Um, Kelsey Plum once w- ripped out the Maryland women's uh, basketball team's hearts and then uh, beating in them as a two-seed or nine-seed or something like that. Like every team has done or that. Or no, ten-seed. Oh, four. You know? Oh six, yeah, and the championship, yeah. yeah. We've had some, we've had some, yeah, we've had some we've tough had some outs. Bad ones, women's. Brenda, hot Brenda, hot seat. No, Brenda Find will be the coach for as long as she wants, but Find an extension. Yeah, just sign an extension. Yeah, just sign get an your, extension. Get your fill and thoughts on uh, the Maryland women's basketball. <laughs> yeah, g- g- great way to end the show. Hosting South Carolina and UConn this year, so big, uh, big games at the Xfinity. A lot of big name teams. You got UCLA coming in for the men. Come out to the Xfinity. I'll do. Oh, I'll whoa. Make, let me sell some tickets here. We I what? didn't see uh, Juan Dixon at sighting at the game tonight. Yes, birthday boy Juan Dixon. His birthday today. Mm. Juan and only Rod, Juan and Robin. Yeah, um, there's, Kevin there's Willard the at the game today. Kevin. Kevin Willard at the game today as well. They tweeted Juan Dixon the Ravens. Yeah, they tweeted a video and they said Juan. Uh, let me see, Juan and Robin Dixon showing love. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, nine thousand oh. views. Yeah, doing doing some numbers. What's it got on the likes and retweets? Eleven quote tweets, twenty six retweets, two seventy four likes. That's not a happy good. birthday, Juan. I'm so glad to see Juan. Watching. Uh, let me see. Hate you in the. That's bank. one. That's one the Terps probably gonna help the the Ravens out on. I'll retweet yeah. it. I'll retweet it yeah. now. Just one. I got you. Day. I got you, Cassie. That's go. my uh, that's my Jimmy John's buddy. I, I can't believe I didn't see that. I was following all the. Oh, they yeah, one one Robin Dixon showing love. Oh, give us a tag. I don't want to seen it. Wow. Oh, let me go. Let me grab Terrapin hoops here. No, we're gonna do it anyway, though, because we love the Ravens here at Maryland social media. <laughs> Banks trying to get a bed. He's trying to get a bed. He's trying he's to scared. edit the podcast, get it to the people. He's gave it. He just gave me the wave. Well, then let's get it done with Ravens. Beat the Bengals. Awesome night. Justin Tucker's a god, as Banks said. We'll be back this week for the normal weekly show previewing Ravens-Giants. More Orioles post-mortem if there's any news coming out of the season. We'll talk a little little postseason baseball as well. What happened? We'll talk about the format. Um, I have some thoughts on the format from this weekend. Um, So we'll we'll, we'll discuss that as our our baseball. Talking the Caps, the Washington Capitals. Back on the ice. Get Back, excited. Baby. Get excited. Try to get Joe B on the pot. Yes, we need Whoa. to do that. Ravens beat the Bengals. That was the X32 incident analysis presented by Jimmy Seafood. We'll see you next time.